Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Mike Zanella Show. I am Mike. Obviously, this is my 32nd podcast episode. Hopefully, it won't be my last. We are recording this before Thanksgiving, but I think by the time you hear this, it'll be after Thanksgiving. So I hope the sweatpants still fit. I hope everything went well with you and the family this contentious time of year. And thank you very much for hitting download or listening or streaming, however you're enjoying our show today. Now, I say we, I say our, because on the line, very special treat. Now, uh, the last few weeks, I guess the few podcasts after I restarted the podcast, after I relaunched, were very uh, baseball-centric, very sports-centric, because I had just been working with a lot of those people uh, throughout the summer, so keeping those folks fresh. But now, we're, we're expanding the universe, and we're moving over to a place that I'm very excited to get to because it's one of the most iconic brands in American entertainment, and we now have a woman on the line that is helping make it such an overall juggernaut. She is an Emmy Award-winning digital producer for The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Felicia Daniels. What's up? Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing, Mike? I am great. Thank you so much for taking the time. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Um, just we're kind of in a crunch mode right now leading up to the holidays, as you know. Um, everyone wants to get out of here and get some turkey in their bellies, but um, doing well. I can only imagine. Um, we'll get to plenty of stuff about the, the machine that is The Tonight Show and your role in it and everything like that. But I like to start every show off on a good foot, on a good note. And so I ask everybody, and as I mentioned, this is airing probably after Thanksgiving. We're recording it beforehand. So this will be a bit of a timeless answer. You can listen to this in a time capsule in a way uh, later on. What's the best thing that happened to you this week? Ooh. Hmm. Best thing that happened to me this week, I will say we got, um, the show was gifted with a bunch of uh, gear um, from Gilmore Girls. So as everyone knows by now, it's already come out on Netflix and I'm sure everyone has been watching it, but um, Jimmy Fallon has been obsessed uh, with watching and rewatching the seasons of Gilmore Girls leading up to the release of the new ones. Um, and he's been talking about it on the show. So they sent a bunch of cool gear and everything. And one of our um, showrunners uh, came into our little, uh, what we call over at The Tonight Show, our digital cave where all of our uh, digital social uh, units sit uh, and gave us a bunch of stuff. So I ended up with a Luke um, mug that I'm very, very proud of. It was the highlight of my week, I would say. And, <laughs> and your morning coffees will now never be the same. Um, oh, never. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Slag, <laughs> slag is one of the best parts of your job, I'm sure. So uh, congrats on, on snagging one of those. Um, all right. So I mentioned at the top, you're, you're an Emmy Award winner, and we'll get into sort of your specific role uh, in a little bit. But yeah, this is last year. You guys won the Emmy. This was for Outstanding Creative Achievement in Interactive Media for a social TV experience, which anyone who knows right. anything about The Tonight Show, I think they would say your win is very much deserved. Um, how amazing was that to win an Emmy? Um, it was actually incredible. It was quite unexpected. Uh, so that particular category is a juried category. So um, our uh, director of digital, um, along with our showrunner, or former showrunner who's no longer with us, Gavin Purcell, uh, went uh, and gave a presentation, essentially, to a closed panel jury. So with that particular award, you never quite know if you're going to win until right before the show. Uh, So getting that, it was, you know, we had lost uh, the year before, uh, although we won uh, for Outstanding Interactive Program, um, which was wonderful. Uh, But this one in particular is more, a lot more personal because it comes down to the quality of the content that that digital team is producing. So it was insane. Um, I got to actually attend the award ceremony, my very first um, Emmy Awards, hopefully not the last. Um, but it was it was amazing. It was a great time. Nice. We shared the award actually with uh, Chris Hardwick at midnight. Um, yeah. So I got to ask you, where do you, <laughs> where, where, where do you keep your trophy? Uh, well, we have one for the team that is kept uh, in uh, our cave, our little office, 
but then I have mine uh, sitting on top of a very, very messy bookshelf. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> uh, I probably um, make it look a little more prestigious. But anytime anybody comes over and they're just like, oh, yeah, where's that me? And I'm like, oh, move, move over that picture frame and that clutter right there. Hey, more embarrassing would have been like, you know, oh, you know, it's in my bed. I cuddle with it every night. It's my spooning partner. Like, I really love it that much. But messy bookshelf, it's very millennial of you. So you can get away with that I mean, I guess my boyfriend would get a little jealous if we put it on the bookshelf. But (laughs) at the same time, uh, it was, I mean, it was, I was not actually expecting to get a um, physical trophy myself, um, actually. So that was actually a big surprise that I would actually get a personal one. But uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, I was not prepared. (laughs) It's awesome. Well, it sounds like it still hasn't really sunk in for you yet. But yeah, enjoy that thing. And yeah, maybe a little little glass case or something to to make it look a little more fancier in your your apartment. I mean, it's probably the fanciest thing in my tiny little New York City apartment. So, you hey, know, you, you own spend it, girl. most of your life own in it. the office. You, just, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, great. I have one thing to brighten up this little <laughs> hovel that no, I've lived in. Now you have your Luke Gilmore Girls mug, too. So you're assembling exactly. a nice little collection. I know. It's, uh, it, my, my list of my awards. Oh, so good. All right. Well, let's um let's get a bit into you, though, and, and kind of the the – the talk behind that that Emmy Award and everything else you do. So mm-hmm. obviously everyone knows uh, The Tonight Show, the Jimmy Fallon iteration at least, really kind of led the wave of this viral, you know, people doing stuff on TV, but with digital heavily in mind, this whole wave. Now your title on the surface, Digital Producer, sounds like you must be a very big deal, very integral into making this happen. So describe for anyone who's unfamiliar, what exactly is your role in this whole Tonight Show digital machine? Like, what, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. Um, so I guess the easiest way is to just overall, a baseline summary of what I do um, is create and develop and manage uh, content for any digital initiative or project that we have related to the Tonight Show, which means that I'm essentially an invisible hand that's helping produce all of everyone's favorite digital content out the door um, for our desktop, our apps, our connected devices, et cetera. Um, And then also assisting our social team and getting whatever they need. Um, A lot of people who follow the show probably notice that we do a live tweet every single night for every single show. Um, So there's a lot that goes into that. And if we're ever doing anything special, um, that take a lot of more technical work um, or a lot more moving pieces with design or product development, et cetera. Then I come in, rally all the troops together, and we try our best to put out a nice piece of content that people will enjoy and hopefully share and make everything go even more viral. We'll see what happens. Um, it's hit or miss. You never know what's going to work. But the great thing about The Tonight Show, and I feel like why they've hit the ground running from the beginning um, is because starting with late night, they've always, and especially coming from the top with starting with even Jimmy, um, have embraced um, digital and new technology and figuring out ways in which to use those things to advance our connection with our audience and our fans. Um, So we do that from top to bottom and the show itself um, takes and keeps that in mind. So, there's never a show that goes by where they're only thinking, oh, here's this for this TV audience that's seeing us. They're well aware and everyone is well aware that, you know, digital space is part of the TV landscape. It isn't a separate thing from the TV landscape. So, um, you, so go ahead. I, I say I had uh, two, two questions that leads me to, but go ahead and finish your thought because you may inspire some more. Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh but beyond all that um, day-to-day, uh, we're just each and every day, um, as far as digital goes, trying our best to encapsulate the feeling and the tone of that show um, so that it carries on in little pieces and people understand that and will be inspired to come back um, and then either watch it on TV or catch it the next time they see, you know, an episode on, you know, at an airport or in the back of the taxi. Or, um, <laughs> the Tonight Show <laughs> is inescapable. Um, it's everywhere. It is, it is. 
I, I couldn't tell you back. I'm obviously in California now, but back when I was in New York, the number of cab rides I shared with Jimmy Fallon, uh, it, mm -hmm. I feel like he's a best friend of mine. Um, so that was the first question I had from what you said was uh, you mentioned how it comes from the top down. I think a lot of people wonder, you know, is this uh, mentality something that is Jimmy Fallon driven or is it network or executive driven? And he is just good at playing along. How much does involvement does he have in terms of saying, hey, we've got to push for digital, we've got to push for web and social, what would you say is his level of uh, driving and passion for stuff that's outside of just the hour on NBC every night? Infinite. Um, he's the reason behind um, a lot or most, if not all, of the digital initiatives that we've driven. Um, our most recent product that we put out was um, Bonk, uh, and that was inspired um, by Jimmy, it was just an idea that was had um, about a segment, and wouldn't it be cool if there were an actual bonk that were based on this crazy segment that came from some like Swedish type, you know, thing? It's hard to explain. You just have to watch it. So okay. there, go look up bonk. It's quite amusing. Um, but out of that came this idea and this need to do an actual app that reflected that um, uh, with that joke. Um, so there's always something from literally the first inspiration of some kind of new sketch or idea that then comes like, oh, how do we continue this further? And where does that lead us? And what kind of technology or um, initiatives can we push uh, that are beyond just what just aired? Um, so yeah, intimately involved. He actually had another one. Uh, it was like with a little teddy bear uh, that would go down. I think I believe it's still in the Apple Store. Um, that would go, and he's always coming up with uh, new apps and ideas and stuff like that. Like even gear. Like remember, uh, not too long ago, he uh, came out with his hands high um, uh, sports gear, uh, which is perfect. For you, you should check it out. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll add it to my the, Christmas list. This is very timely. Yeah, with the logos and things beneath the arms. So when you're like cheering and you raise your arms, you see the logos, the names of the teams. So, right, right. So it's just always Batman is full of ideas and really so, driven and really gets um, how beneficial technology and um, digital is for any entertainment it's another source it's just it's looked at less than like we have to do this for this space and more like here's another space we can play in here's another sandbox we can open up and what ideas and what ways can we take advantage of that and that never stops all right so that leads me to the second question i had which is how much of it is still okay we're going to make this tv show and then oh you know what this would be a good idea to expand on digital or to place there versus how much of it now do you guys actually come up with ideas that you envision as digital originally, as natively, mm -hmm. and you just happen to mm -hmm. shoehorn it into the TV show after the fact for an, a larger or initial platform? What's that balance between still old school, let's do it TV first, and if it goes web viral, great, versus this is going to mm -hmm. be great on digital, and let's just put it on the show? Hmm. Um, I guess. I guess it's not really like that at all. There's so much more of a um, a merger of the two um, and that it's a lot less about trying to shoehorn anything from TV directly to digital um, with the exception of, you know, just content in general. Like here's the show, here are highlights from the show, mm -hmm. here's, you know, we'll service that to you. But outside of that, a lot of things and each and every night, um, <laughs> Marina Koppenberg with, um, along with our social team um, every night, customize and create new social content for each and every show. So there's never anything that's just, oh, here's something from TV and let's throw it up and try to push it on our digital and social platforms. It's always, hey, here's the show. What about these guests for this show uh, would give us something that would fit um, for digital. So we do a lot of web exclusives, for instance. Um, and last week, um, this past week, we just had uh, Chris Harwood on. Uh, and he's One of your late night enemies. 
I know. Well, actually, a family member now because he's uh, hosting The Wall on NBC now, the game show that they have coming up. Okay. Um, yeah. Bring him into the fold. Yeah, in partnership with uh, LeBron James. Pretty cool. Um, but he was on and, you know, really into, you know, nerdist everything, um, video games, uh, geeky stuff. So they sat down and one of the um, ideas that went forth was um, instead of doing just a typical backstage interview, then they came up with a game for him that was um, a fishbowl game developer where they had a bunch of random different um, characters, scenarios, uh, and goals for the game. And then he invented his own game. Or for example, we'll do maybe like an unqualified advice with a guest. Um, and even though it's not just like, okay, this guest is on that show, but the actual content that we're putting out is about the fans um, and giving fans an, an, an opportunity to ask questions of that particular guest and have that feedback. Um, most recently, we did a Snapchat uh, partnership uh, where essentially tonight's show had a sort of um, a... I don't know what's the best way to describe it because we haven't really called it anything. This was our first iteration of this, but it was essentially like a mini talk show that we did on Snapchat as a feature um, and with Justin Timberlake. Uh, and they, uh, we put out on our socials um, a solicitation for everyone to throw out uh, random songs um, and things and they would come up and invent songs about them on the spot um, using Snapchat. So it's never really one to TV, to digital um, anymore. I mean, I'm sure that was the case um, a lot of the time. Uh, and with NBC overall, as we've grown to evolve into the sort of more digital leader and juggernaut that we've become, it's really a result of people sort of taking down those walls. So there's a lot less um, of imagining things as, okay, well, we just want to keep our stuff tight for TV and then you digital people over there do it. Um, <laughs> That's funny because even, even, you know, five, seven years ago, it was the polar opposite, but now people are embracing the yeah. fact that it has to be this way or else you're, you're not going to survive. Um, so tell Absolutely. me, obviously with all this stuff going on and with digital being a 24 hour consumption platform, um, mm -hmm. hours, scheduling, work days for you. I mean, is there any such thing as a normal schedule? What kind of hours or, and input are you, are, you, are you going through on a, on a weekly basis? Yeah, well, the, the internet never sleeps. No, it does um, not. Yeah, so it's not a typical day. Uh, the day sort of starts when the first person who's awake can shoot over an email. Um, so <laughs> in essence, in terms of office hours, it varies because I'll either be in the office or not. Um, but since everything is essentially, um, able to be handled remotely, uh, then there's sort of an extension of work hours on either side in the morning or the evening where it's not necessarily I'm in the office, but, um, it's there. Uh, so I would say probably between if it's, a less intense week, which eh, haven't seen one of those in a while, just due to <laughs> everyone sort of becoming more aggressive about uh, getting out and making a splash in the digital landscape. Uh, so that's been increasing over the years, not decreasing, but I would say probably between 50 and 60 hours a week. Um, and that's including, you know, work that has to be done over the weekends. Like when I first wake up in the morning, probably my day probably starts about 730. I'll wake up and um, make some updates, anything I need to, and answer emails or put out any fires that happened overnight while I was hopefully sleeping. Um, <laughs> and then by the end of the evening, we have uh, taping every evening. Uh, we take the show uh, five nights a week um, and around five o'clock, between five and six um, every evening, um, unless we have a double tape show or there's, you know, an extra guest that we're pre-taping the night before. Um, so I could get out maybe around, I don't know, maybe 8.30, 9 o'clock um, at night, depending. Um, and then after that, just keeping an eye out because um, part of my duties 
um, in terms of just day-to-day -day nitty gritty is making sure that all of those highlights that are so viral that get out actually get out. So I have to send um, to a, and a wonderful uh, editing team um, all of these clips that we really want to get out there and editorialize based on what we've picked with the show and NBC's um, initiatives and any sort of marketing apps, et, et cetera, et cetera. So the yeah, editors are the unsung really... heroes. <laughs> uh, it's funny because yeah, yeah. people see shadows in the background, right? And people see the Tonight Show and assume anyone associated with that must be able to sleep in until like eleven in the morning and then just work in the mm -hmm. afternoons. But uh, you're getting up at seven a.m. Yeah. and not getting out of Thirty yeah. Rock until eight p.m. That's a lot of effort mm -hmm. putting into this machine. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's funny. Um, because you work, you end up working, especially with NBC and NBC Digital overall, um, and The Tonight Show in particular, there's just, um, I don't know, shows like that are a, a, a beacon of sorts, a lighthouse for really, really good talent and a lot of hardworking people. Uh, so you end up with a lot of people who, um, for better or for worse, never stop and never stop thinking, but that's exactly what um, puts us where we are today um, and get those awards. Exactly. Uh, so. You get Emmys by working when the competition is sleeping. Um, exactly. Speaking of that competition, so do you, maybe you don't have time to, um, but do you guys actually, <laughs> do you do you watch other people, Samantha Bees, James Corden's, the Colbert's mm -hmm. to see what's going on? And because like for me, like if I saw a, a carpool karaoke just go viral, like that Adele one, and I was working for Tonight Show, I would be so mad that they just like crushed it, you know, and got one over on us. What's that relationship like between you guys and, and your competition? Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Well, first, the first part of your question. Yeah, we definitely pay attention to what everyone else is doing. Um, it'd be foolish not to. We'd, we'd have to, we have to know who our competition is and sure. what we're up against in order to do better than they are doing. Um, but at the same time, uh, a lot of like the industry within itself is so small. Like, uh, the director of digital for James Corden um, used to have my job. Uh, hmm. He was there and he left to go do that. Uh, so, yeah, like we, we know a lot of the same things um, and everyone is still very friendly. You'd be surprised at how cordial and how friendly and how genuinely um, everyone supports each other within that industry. So there's competition within that competition, but at the same time, um, Tonight Show fans is always, you know, we're just doing our hard work and doing what we do best and always trying to keep doing that and keep that in mind. Um, but we pay attention and draw inspiration from what other people have done or are doing. And we also like to check and see if we're making an impact or influencing what they do, too. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting ride seeing as um, when The Tonight Show premiered with uh, Jimmy Fallon, then you had the exodus of a bunch of other great and solid uh, weeknight hosts. So he was really one of the first to relaunch. Um, so for a little bit, it was really just us and then the end of everyone else. And now um, over the past you know, year and a half or so, seeing everybody else come full circle and now we have you know everyone's in their lineups and everyone's starting to really work and um, move forward. So we've been watching. We keep we keep up. Watch out, you know. We're, I mean, we're you, not. Yeah, you got to. If you're if you're ignorant, then that's how Rome gets sacked. Yeah. So you got to be careful. Exactly. I can we're totally looking out understand. for those Persian horses. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, you've mentioned a couple times uh, throughout the course, and this is something that watching your competition, I'm sure, because everyone's been handling this differently. And so I, I wonder what it's like from inside your camp as well. Uh, you've mentioned a couple times, or you've alluded to it. Uh, the crazy times we're living in right now, and politics obviously mm -hmm. has taken over uh, everyone's agenda, and there have been so yep. many think pieces about how every late night personality or show is handling it differently. Um, so you guys, I mean, for anyone who's not familiar, how would you say The Tonight Show has gone about, and you know, Jimmy's gone on show himself and talked about this in his monologue, but for anyone unfamiliar, how would you characterize mm -hmm. the sort of the mantra and the mission for The Tonight Show in terms of how you're handling Everything from the the debates to the election to now our president elect, uh, you know, talking about Hamilton at three in the morning on Twitter uh, and everything <laughs> else that's going to be happening moving forward. Yeah. Well, first, I mean, I would appreciate just on a personal level if Donald Trump would keep Hamilton out of his mouth. That is a precious <laughs> thing to us New Yorkers here. Like, chill. But no, for real, um, the show overall, we 
Um, it starts from Jimmy. I mean, he often talks about it, like the purpose of his show and what he wants uh, people to get from the Tonight Show is just to bring everybody together and make them laugh. Um, so in general, I mean, you can never not, you know, looking at other shows or competition that have more of a direct political voice, like your Samantha Bees, like you mentioned, or your John Oliver's, or um, even Stephen Colbert to a certain extent um, for during this election season, and even our own uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers. Um, Tonight Show isn't like that. It's more of a place um, where you go, that stuff isn't ignored, those people aren't ignored, but it's basically a safe space that's pretty much um, open to just making people laugh and that is the goal and making people enjoy themselves and that is the goal and pretty much staying more or less neutral on the rest so the best way that you can um so things are acknowledged you see if anybody pays attention to our monologues every night there's no you know imbalance of oh we're only making fun of one type of politician or not any at all or anything like that it's a mix um we have great writers on the show who um get a a, a well-rounded perspective of what's going on and no one is really safe but everyone is really safe at the same time because everything is supposed to be positive and with good humor and punching up and not down um so they basically stuck through that throughout the entire election cycle We've had a million different parodies and whatnot every time something crazy happened, including, you know, with, um, you know, making fun of Donald Trump or making fun of Hillary or making fun of Bernie Sanders or making fun of, you know, the list goes on. And obviously, um, working for a network, uh, there are requirements involved. So if somebody appears um, at any given time, you know, they have a certain amount of time to get the equal amount of airtime yep, yep. for whatever shows and amongst, you know, the network and whatever. So that stuff gets spread out. So I would say probably throughout um, the election is probably most even of coverage. It was just, you know, whoever is coming on and wants to come on and we keep that balance and we meet the requirements and that's about it. Um, no one has ever really been treated or claim any particular side or thing it's more like you can read into it what you want but the goal is not that the goal is to make you enjoy yourself and have a good time um and i think that's a good thing we kind of we kind of forget that yes there are and should be um spaces um, in our world, in our media, um, to have a strong voice, especially if you feel very passionately about something. And I know I personally have a lot of very passionate views, um, especially about our political climate today. Um, however, it can't be all. Um, mentally, I feel like we need Anyone. an escape. Yeah. So, you know, if, if it's yeah. uh, if it's going fifth gear all the time, the car is going to burn out eventually. So, so I respect you it and I understand gotta. it. So, you know, so I, I feel like it's been, it's a smart way um, to handle things like that, especially if you don't necessarily have a particular passionate sort of, you know, you know, the history of it and what people could or couldn't do, but, you know, all the time um, with these shows and over generations, people choose and choose not to engage um, in a certain way with those things, because we have to remember, um, one side of the country, whatever that may be, is it representative of all of the country? So that's Some, been our take, and we just sort of keep going and make sure that everyone can enjoy themselves. I doubt you'd be too offended if you ever tuned into the Tonight Show. So. Right, which, like you say, is by design, and that's that's necessary sometimes too. You have to have for all the all the vinegar you get somewhere else. You need a little bit of honey. Uh, to balance everything out. But let me ask you this then. Exactly. Because um, you mentioned like your personal passions and you're, yeah. for anyone who doesn't know, I mean, you're a young black woman like from Chicago. I mean, this is, Absolutely. you're you're kind of right in the crosshairs of a demographic that Represent. has been very seriously affected by this election. So is it yeah. is it tough to, and I'm sure there are others like you at work, mm -hmm. is it hard coming to work and being able to put your personal feelings about whatever's going on aside to be able to, uh, put forward this this product that's intentionally designed to not really address yeah. any of those issues. Yeah, um, it, it's funny because uh, to a certain extent, um, 
the show itself and the people that work there <clears throat> because it is so diverse and because the people there are um, and come from all over and you have so many different people from staff to our crew um, who come from all walks of life. It's a really close, small, and supportive community. So even though on the outset we're like, okay, we are proceeding as usual or straightforward or try to make sure that this one is happier overall, um, that stuff that we end up coming up with um, is reflective of how we're feeling behind the scenes. Um, so I would say, like, even that whole week, like, after the election, it was it was not uncommon to see, you know, groups of us being able to break out and have discussions and get things off our chest. And so many people, even socially speaking, between ourselves and supporting each other and making sure that we all understand that we're all here and want to hear each other out. Um, so I would say that, like, there's more of a feeling of, you know, personal expression of that behind the scenes. There's no need or I've never felt any pressure to hide that. Um, and there's always someone that you can find that's willing to talk. Um, and people are very expressive about those things. And it's not just with this election. It's about all of the tragic things that we've seen happen in 2016. Mm. Can we end 2016? It's been such a crap year. Yeah, let's just <laughs> bail. Let's get out of here. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it needs, it needs to end. Um, but you know, I would say that there's more of an acknowledgement of that um, behind the scenes. It's just, but that's because we all know each other. But when you have millions of other people who come from even, you know, we're here in New York City, um, liberal elite, uh, <laughs> you know, capital of the world. Um, but, you know, so there's a lot more that we have in common with each other, um, despite our differences and diversity that, you know, maybe somewhere in the Midwest is watching, um, which is where I grew up. Uh, watching that may not so you know you have to take that into account it's just like okay what is the line in between that you guys can relate to but behind the scenes it's just like we connect we understand we get it and so we you know we can express those in other ways um so i don't know maybe the happier that you see the show get you, you get that we're trying to make ourselves happy because a lot of that stuff it comes from us because you know, if the writers see that everybody's bummed or whatever, then they're going to try to come up with things that, you know, make everybody happy. That includes, um, you know, and so maybe all sorts of people, no matter what their point of view is, um, get a little sunshine from that. Now, me personally, you mentioned, yes, I am Black and I'm woman. Two strikes against me already. Um, but it's been, it's been a journey in general, um, living that identity um, and proceeding in media, which in general is not really very diverse to begin with. Um, so it's been tough. Um, it's hard uh, when you see, you know, you would, you would love more for people to express uh, the views that you uh, happen to have uh, in a more public manner, if you could, but you also understand it's not all for you. Everything isn't all for you or for anyone really. So I, I would say that on the front end, uh, we try our best to be cohesive to bring in as many people as we can to support as many people as we can. And then on the back end, everybody is working really hard amongst each other to support each other and make sure that we're all really okay on the back end and listening to those more nuanced voices and trying to support what we can face-to-face uh, -face, um, and not on TV. It is a balancing act on a Petri dish that I, I don't envy you being involved in. I mean, you think back to, you know, two, three years ago when it's just Kardashian stories and Brangelina stuff, and now things are changed so differently. And, uh, I mean, Whoa. moving forward, it's who knows how things are going to work uh, continuing. And, yeah, we're all kind of figuring this out as we go. So, I mean, yeah, keep absolutely keep carrying the torch uh, on late night on a, the platform that you guys have and doing what you guys can do. Um, so what's, what's next? Can you tease anything you guys might be trying or debuting, whether it is politically inclined or something holiday-themed? Any stuff we can look forward to uh, coming out, giving a scoop uh, for tonight's show and digital? Um, well, since everything, um, will pretty much be done by the time, <laughs> um, this would air, then yes, 
<laughs> yes, yeah. I can. Um, I will say that um, over the course of the next few weeks, uh, this past Thursday was our first one. NBC has Thursday Night Football. Um, so we're going to be trying our best to blow out um, and put together, um, without spoiling too much, put together as um, many interesting and very fun um, shows as we can. Uh, so that uh, people are interested after you finish up with the games. Uh, so just keep an eye out if you're looking and you're trying to like, I don't have any time to watch. Then if you have to make some room on your DVR for one, then I'd eye those Thursday shows coming up because they'll be pretty great. All right. Um, Check it. Yeah. Focus on those Thursdays. It's a hell of an audience, hell of a lead in to get that football bump coming in. So that's, that's smart of you guys to try and capitalize. I mean, we're going to do our best. It's pretty great. Um, and then, Next week, then we have, um, obviously, our Thanksgiving shows coming up. So we have a few surprises there. I can't really give too much away, but that's, uh, that's what's coming up with us. All right. So, and then also keep an eye out on all of our social accounts and everything because we're killing it over there. And if you really want to see any sneaks or anything about anything. That's the place to do that's it. That's the place to go. Right, sounds nice. good. Sounds good. Um, I'll let you plug those uh, in a little bit. But first, we... Always end the show with the fun five. It's five quick, fun questions that I designed for you and you alone. But before we get to that, it's a new feature I've been testing out myself. I call it Turn the Tables. I let my guests, because I have all the fun asking the questions, so I let my guests for Mm -hmm. one question only, if they would like, and you don't have to, you can ask me anything you want. So this is your chance to do that if you so desire. Yay. Okay. I always wanted to know with your time at... um uh Guinness World Records. Yes. What is the most embarrassing or sort of secondhand mortifying thing that you witnessed that you probably haven't told too many people about that occurred while you were adjudicating something? Huh. Um interesting. Uh mortifying like for me or for the people that were involved that were trying? It can be secondhand or it can be your first your experience of mortification interesting um let's see um probably not mortifi- mortification but definitely like i felt on the spot there was one record and um people are starting to ask me by the way if i give the guests a heads up that they get to ask me a question before they come on i like I, we don't i didn't talk to you about this at all so um the fact you had no, something locked and loaded was very impressive <laughs> um there was there was one time at the uh, Houston Astros baseball stadium, uh, it was Minute Maid Park, and they were going for the like largest kazoo ensemble, so most people playing the kazoo at once during a game, and they just didn't get it, but they were they had put so much planning and effort, it was to help promote a documentary that the filmmaker was putting together, and they had to put so much time and effort, and they had all these volunteers there, and everyone's just looking at me as I'm doing the final count, like waiting uh, for the big reveal, the big answer. And mm-hmm. and they just all assumed that because they had gone through all the steps and they did everything to the best of their ability that they were going to get the record. It was kind of a guarantee. And I had to look up at all these people that had kids there and, you know, the, oh, the filmmaker's no. kids and his nieces and nephews. And I just had to tell them, like, sorry, you guys didn't do it. And everyone, oh, no. and everyone just like, wait, what? And, you know, then it gets into like, I guess uh, to tie it back to election mode, everyone's demanding a recount. And did you do it the right way? And I was like, guys, I've, oh, I've triple and quadruple checked. And this is just, you guys just fell short. You didn't have the numbers. Um, and that happened a couple times, but that was definitely the highest scale uh, of which it happened. And they came pretty close. So it was uh, very disappointing because uh, there were other records where, people needed numbers of folks to come up and show up and do stuff. And they just fell thousands short, but these people came really close. So that was definitely one I remember kind of breaking a lot of hearts that night. And it's the worst feeling when then it's like, all right, so who's driving me to the airport now? Should I just get an Uber? Like, am I good on my own? You know, you kind of, it's a really weird, uh, tenuous situation there. So that was definitely one uh, that comes to mind for me. Oh my gosh. That is like, how do you, okay. I I said one question. You don't get any follow-ups, Felicia. (laughs) That is so, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Hey, it was part, it was part, it was part of the job and, and you're taught that, you know, how to let people down gently. But when people put in so much effort and time and desire into something for them not to get it, you hate being the bearer of bad news, but sometimes in that job, that's, that's part of what you got to do. Yeah. 
unfortunate. Oh God. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a shame. But yeah, those days, uh, those days, are long gone, but great memories for sure. Um, all right, cool. Let's go down to the fun five. It's five, like I said, quick, fun questions designed for you and you alone. So tell me, Felicia, what what's the best idea? Question number one. Is there a best idea for like a segment or a bit on The Tonight Show, either for digital, exclusive, or TV, that was never executed, never saw the light of day for whatever reason? Ooh. It's hard to answer that because a lot of things um, circle back or come up again. Um, but I will say that there are a lot of things that are just sort of fun. Like, uh, for instance, right before um, a hiatus, there may be like a wacky sort of sketch or idea that will likely never see the light of day, um, but they do it anyway, and they'll even push it through uh, reversals, <laughs> uh, basically just to get a laugh internally. Um, so there are things like that. It's just there's nothing that I could actually describe because it's always incredibly random and it doesn't make any sense. And you understand exactly why it would never go. Right. It's that, um, uh, so. it's that, it's that Friday before spring break feel like, let's just get, do something exactly. silly and get it out of here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You have a lot of talented people who like to have a little fun. So sometimes they'll just throw in something, um, last, um, day before everyone goes out on a dark week, um, just to make everybody laugh. Well, that's but fun. it'll never go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> for, for your eyes alone. Um, all right, so question number two then. Let's go hypothetical. So taking away from that and projecting forward, a dream bit or segment in your mind. Pick any celebrity you want, any premise. There's no budget or time constraints. What would you love the, the principles, the elements of a dream segment to be? Oh, my God. I love food so much, and I know Quetzal's from the Roots Pizzas. If for those of you who don't know, um, shame on you. But for those of you who don't know, <laughs> yeah, if you don't know uh, Questlove, unsubscribe the podcast right. right now. That's my directive. <laughs> One of the, the the great founders of the Roots uh, and our band leader for the Roots uh, for the Tonight Show. Um, but he's a really big city, um, and I know that they've tried this before, like on late night. Um, and I would love if we could have some kind of like weekly, like tonight show I, I in my mind it's like it's a tonight a, a tonight snack you know like mm. after hours kind of snack there's the show's on kind of late right imagine if quest love co-hosted a little mini segment where he could prepare things that you could make really late at night really quickly easily like in a microwave or something and i just found it fascinating just to watch a get some tips <laughs> from what to eat from Questlove because he's really good at it and always knows like everything before it's even happening um and B I think that's really cool and if you could get guests involved that'd be awesome but I know that that's such like a it's such a difficult thing to pull off especially on a frequent basis but dreams if there were no limits and no walls I'd love that I smell money, Felicia. Midnight snack with Questlove. You air it in that C block right around twelve o'clock. Right? I think that's a money maker. Right? Um, drop it, drop it in people's laps during that time. It's just like, oh my god, I am hungry. And uh, the yeah, of and you guys can like you can cross promote brand show branded snacks and merch. I mean, this it it makes itself. I mean. Put this on the de- on, already, on the boss's it's, desk. It's already done. Hell exactly. yeah! <laughs> so it's up on the board. But it's it's my ideal. That's Book it. That's a good one. I would love that. All right, question number three. Uh, you meet and cross paths with a lot of famous people, I'm sure, in this job. I remember when mm-hmm. you met Usher uh, last year, you had a oh personal meltdown. <laughs> but, I did. <laughs> so he, he's your favorite, and uh, the people, I'm sure, who follow you on social media know that. But I'm going to ask you a bit of a mm-hmm. different twist. Who's, who's most different uh, in real life versus their public perception of any of the celebrities you've come across? Someone who's either a lot nicer than people would think or a lot meaner or a lot cooler mm-hmm. or a lot more shy – Who's got the biggest gap between reality and perception of any of the celebrities you've come across in your time? Ooh, that's a great idea. Um, I'm trying to think of specifics, but in the meantime, I can definitely say that like a lot of the bigger stars that you would expect um, to have a huge entourage or something usually don't. Um, those bigger ones are usually the ones that just roll with them and maybe an assistant or 
maybe nobody at all. And it's just like, no, I'm just here. Other people will be around shortly and they'll let me know what to do. But they just sort of know what they're doing already and continue. You're um, telling me Tom Hanks doesn't come up with a squad like 16 D? No, <laughs> no, he doesn't at all. <laughs> nice. America's and dad. That's know. why everyone loves him. I know. You know, it's funny. I think, I don't know if it's a matter of age difference either or not, because maybe it's just that some of the bigger ones have been out there longer. And so they don't really roll with a bunch of people because <laughs> they just don't really have, they, it's just not culturally, they just didn't ever grow up thinking that right. something they needed to do or surround themselves with. I don't know. It's weird. Um, but that surprises me. Um, I don't know. Man. Who's way different? I'm trying to think of like people recently. Everybody goes in and out and there's so many shows and there's so many things. I don't know. Even when back when I worked with at MTV, um, I was actually really surprised when I met uh, and had to interview Weird Al Yankovic. Okay. <laughs> like he is very strong, right? Huge personality, like big, larger than life character, right? So quiet. Huh. <laughs> the quietest people that I've ever met and very professional. So it's just like, okay, I would run through like, this is what I need you to say or do, or these are the questions that you're answering or whatever. And he'd be like, okay. And then like ask me follow-ups like, oh, here, is this how this goes? And I go, yeah, 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 great. And as soon as the camera would turn off and he'd just launch it, it'd just be like this night and day sort of personality and who he is and that person that he's created it's much different than who he is in real life that's how a lot of performers are yeah the stage goes on and the lights go on and they become a different person literally absolutely but i don't know i would just say overall just because i can't really think about it but one fun fact people don't just go off all the time and like have you know their own restrooms and whatnot like you run into talent all the time that Go to the bathroom just where you go to the bathroom. Celebrities, they're just like us. Uh, <laughs> one just stall like at a time. Even Kim Kardashian. <laughs> even Kim, Kim, even Kim Kardashian poops. It's a fact. Um, it's a fact. Question it's number fact. four Everybody in the fun five. Uh, you're a big reality TV fan, I know, too, right? Which So you're kind of in that in that biz. But I know The Bachelor coming oh, up. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, you're into that. So let me ask you, what reality show would you most want to appear on? Oh, my God. I I was even actually talking about this the other day. (laughs) Okay, good. I already have an answer. Vanderpump Rules, and I will tell you why. First of all, they need more diversity on that show. I know they tried it out last year with, like, the one girl. I don't even remember her name because she was on, like, five episodes, and she was best friends with a girl that everybody hates. Um, So they need to improve that. I would totally fake work at one of Lisa Vanderpump's restaurants just to do this. Like, that show is amazing. Nothing happens. They're just, it's like, it's almost like they're perpetually trapped in high school. You know, like that sense in high school where nothing really ever changes and there's never anything very significant that happens. And if it does, then it literally is life or death. Right. Um, That's how it is there. And it's just such this, like, have you been to like, Pump or like any of those places you're at in Cali. No, that's not, I'm not really that demographic. It's not really my style. I gotta say. Uh, I, I, uh, yes. If I could be, I would do, I would host that. that sure. I don't care. I would, I would do that. I would love, love. Yes. That show. Just get me on somehow, <laughs> some way. Um, okay. Yes, so Vanderpump so random, But I love it. <laughs> it's people that I know who do love that show that's all kind of the same reaction it's like it's weird it's random I can't explain why but I just I'm all in I'm 100% so yeah it's got exactly. a very very yeah. Uh, yeah the fandom is crazy for that one okay question number five last one we mentioned earlier you're a Chicago girl you're a Cubs fan mm-hmm. uh, I was Woo-hoo. following you on social media so tell me Anthony Rizzo catches that last out, Game 7 of the World Series at Wrigley. <laughs> what did you do like, those first 30 seconds after he gets that last out? Put me in your shoes. What, what were you doing then? So I was actually sitting in my apartment uh, watching the game. Um, uh, and I want to say that I had just uh, gotten up. Yeah, I had literally just gotten up to get more <clears throat> water. Um, by water, I mean lots and lots of beer. <laughs> I was not dealing with what was going on. It was so stressful. And I had just finished firing off a text 
to my mom about like nearly peeing my pants right now. <laughs> and I look up and that ball gets hit and I see the throw, he catches that. I literally scream like I was on fire. And I'm pretty sure if it was late. I'm pretty sure I woke up my next door neighbor because all of a sudden I heard all this commotion like over <laughs> next door. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Because so, at that point I had like the TV like laughing because everybody's like holding their breaths and it was so quiet on TV because everybody was so nervous. <laughs> and I had that, it was laughing. So when that happened, I just freaked out. Like it was, oh my God, I was jumping up and down. It was insane. And the thing is, technically, I am not an active Cubs fan. I have been an active Cubs supporter since I left Chicago. Oh. But my family, born and raised South Side, oh. so my loyalties lie with um, the White Sox. So if it if it came push to shove, then I'd have to be like, okay, look, I got it. When it comes to the Crosstown Classic, I'm I'm with my Sox and in my Sox gear. But ever since I left, I've been like, okay, all my teams, you need my support, so I got you, I got you. But I've never felt that way. Like I, like probably the closest that I ever felt to this one was probably when White Sox in Opie. Right. Um. And but that was about it. I was not expecting to feel as like overwhelmingly like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) At at that moment, like I like front, I, it's like getting electrocuted where your body just sort of reacts. (laughs) I've never, well, actually I have been electrocuted. So I kind of know what that does feel like. Uh, So thanks for putting it in terms I can understand. Yeah. There we go. Even, even if you're a bit of a front runner with the Cubs here, just uh, your, your city Mm -hmm. allegiances, Uh, I'll let it slide. I know, um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, Felicia, I've kept you for so long. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, anything specific you want to plug? I mean, people know how to find The Tonight Show. It's been around a million years. Um, yeah. You guys are on every social media. You're on YouTube. You're on the web. Every anything specific? Account. Yeah, everything's there. Anything specific you want to plug, though? Yeah, I mean, just make sure if you are looking for The Tonight Show uh, for Facebook and our Twitter and our Instagram and our Snapchat, it's Fallon Tonight. A lot of people get confused. A lot of people try to imitate, but it's not. It's at Fallon Tonight for those accounts. Um, and then, of course, our YouTube channel, Just the Tonight Show, starring Jimmy Fallon. Um, if you want to find follow me personally, I mean, I'm kind of a crap person at actually doing anything personally <laughs> on my Twitter. That is a ringing F-dot. endorsement. I know. F.415, F-D-O-T-415. Don't ask me about that username. It is literally... I'm one of those early adopters who gets a random thing because I'm not sure how it will shake out. And then I get stuck with it. It happens every time. <laughs> That's just it. Spin it. Um, yeah. don't, don't make it sound like a negative. Just say you're ride or die for your original <laughs> handle. That's the kind of person you are. You know, it's my old school mentality. That's I can it. get in where the getting's good. So You stick with it. Yeah. All right. Felicia Daniels, digital producer tonight's show. Thank you so very much. And, uh, yeah, continued best of luck. You guys are obviously crushing it on all fronts. And now as uh, the political season moves along and the holiday season and a new year, yeah, here's hoping 2017, a little better than 2016 uh, moving forward as we look behind. From your lips. And thank you. This is awesome. Obviously, I'm subscribed and I'm listening. Um, So I'm glad that you're back and you're back doing this. It's a really cool idea. Thank you so much. Yeah, Tell all your friends to download this episode and subscribe too. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, Felicia, thank you so much, and I'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. Bye. All right, and thank you guys for listening. Head to MikeJanella.com for all previous episodes. Plus, you can like, subscribe, download all of it. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud. We're everywhere. I'm not quite as ubiquitous as Jimmy Fallon, but I'm trying. Uh, So do everything you can to follow the show, and also head to my website to Find some information about the great outro music that you're hearing right now. Our thanks again to Felicia Daniels, digital producer for The Tonight Show. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving, and we'll be back with more soon as we close out 2016. Thanks for listening to The Mike Janelle Show. We'll try and do better next time. See ya!